Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of Watch No Evil. This is Matt. And this is Zach. And today we're going to start moving through the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors in special, smaller, dedicated episodes to really talk about how significant of addition to sort of the cultural compendium of horror that Simpsons, you know, gave. I mean, we, and we both have so much love for The Simpsons, and we both have so much appreciation for when people put referential material in. And of course, The Simpsons are like the the kings of referential material. Yeah, exactly. And the Trios of Horrors, I think it, it does horror episodes better than any other television series. Because every other television series that tries to do a horror episode, it's, it's typically a blunder. I think that this sort of anthology series, especially with an animated segment like this it just works and that's why it's been such a mainstay of the show there are a lot of people who really only watch the treehouse of horror they don't watch any other episodes <laughs> of the simpsons that's actually how i started watching the simpsons that being said i had not seen the first treehouse of horror until now actually i think i started in like season five the, the first one so it's still season two you know it's it's like the modern day people who are like watching the simpsons the voices are kind of weird they hadn't quite landed on how they wanted the characters to sound like <laughs> it also just sounds like they recorded it in a full bathtub <laughs> yeah there is like you said 1990 audio recording. the mic was underwater yeah not high quality so let's talk about the episode this first episode the parody they decide to go with so the first segment is poltergeist the second is to serve man and the third is edgar Allan poe's the raven i don't necessarily think that they do this for all of them but i thought that for the first one at least it was a good idea to have the segments be movie, television, book parody. Because they do it a little bit with the second one as well. But in this first one, it really segments itself as being referential to the point of, of introducing sort of the more lowbrow humor that The Simpsons is always good for. But also, it's really intelligently put together. Mm -hmm. The rapper narrative, uh, which we've always talked about on the show, is good. It's interesting having them telling stories in a treehouse to give it the such named Treehouse of Horror yeah. is a it's good idea. It's perfect. It, I mean, it's it makes sense. You know, it's the kids telling each other mm -hmm. ghost stories on Halloween, and it's just like there. There's your nice little like family narrative rapper. And what I think the Simpsons in this case execute on the best is how easily they are able to capture the mood of the thing that it is parodying, mm -hmm. and how wittily it can reinterpret that material to its most basic <laughs> elements <laughs> and just remove like any sense of horror or wit to it and how it can find new ways to resolve it. In capturing the mood, the music in the Treehouse of Horror episodes are better than the music in, I think, any other Simpsons episode. Because if you look at the Poltergeist and To Serve Man, it's like they ripped some of the that sound straight out of mm -hmm. both the, the 70s Poltergeist synth sound effects and then like the early electronic music innovations that, that the Twilight Zone theme utilized, which I thought was awesome. I thought that that was super great. And then when it came to the Raven, it decided to go with this like very Baroque, very Bach harpsichord and string sound plus organ. And it really established a tone that was easily differentiated between the tones of the other parodies. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like they really did a good job of capturing like that classic like chromaticism Halloween kind of like mood with that intro to the Raven. But yeah, it's like... 
they, they're very straightforward about what they're parodying. In some cases, they straight up say uh, what they're parodying. Like, later on, I know this isn't in this episode, but they did the Shining parody, and they call it the Shinning. <laughs> and then at, at the end of that segment, Bart goes, I, uh, you know that power I have, the Shining. And then Willie goes, do, do you want to get sued? <laughs> it's the Shinning. <laughs> and it's just like sometimes they're they're really not afraid to... to to do that and you know the raven was probably public domain at that point so didn't really have to oh, worry yeah. about that and not to mention they you know say edgar Allan Poe, they, they kind of give him the credit but yeah it's it's i going back to what you said about like the movie tv book uh kind of set that they have here i think <laughs> i think that's probably what they're going for for like diversity at first I think they got more to like movies and TV and most of the TV that they're pulling from is the twilight zone. They just, they hit that a lot. Um, but that's good, good horror TV. So can you blame them? And I think with books, it got, or at least literature and as a whole, I think it got more difficult because a lot of horror novels, at least ones that people would actually be able to recognize have been adapted to either a movie or a TV show, especially nowadays. Because you run into that issue uh, that you mentioned with The Shining. Is the version that we see adapting to the book, or is it adapting to the movie? Is it adapting to the movie that Stephen King made? Because there are elements drawn from all of them, mm-hmm. and there are there are things in the, Shi- the Shining episode segment that make more sense if they're coming from the book rather than from the movie. And I think that the writers understand that and they're able to sort of work around it, especially with The Raven. Uh, I, I think that they do a good job of like kind of telling you that they know what they're doing and they know what they're talking about because uh, the reason that Homer is is nearly napping uh, in his in his study is because he was drunk. Mm-hmm. And so on the desk next to him as he's napping is a wooden stein and on it it says the cask of Amontillado. <laughs> So it's like they clearly know their references. Yeah. Like it's not pulling this material for the sake of pulling it. Well, and then the Bart Raven starts like pulling other Edgar Allan Poe like stories yep. off the shelves. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah, and I I love uh, especially to serve man their their parody of to serve man because that's such a quintessential episode of Twilight Zone viewing. Mm-hmm. But watching it in the Twilight Zone is deeply unsatisfying because of the ending where he's refusing to eat and it's left open-ended whereas in this one they make it very clear that it's lisa to like they put the (laughs) blame squarely on lisa and it's very very funny to have her have them all just be like sometimes lisa you're too smart for your own good (laughs) because they have the the bit with the book where it's going uh cooking humans and then it's cooking four humans and then it's cooking 40 humans <laughs> and then it's cooking four 40 humans God, <laughs> like so they good. just keep going the space does and it it just it, it gets incrementally funnier and i think that it so perfectly hits on the iconic status of the twilight zone while also still feeling like fresh and funny i also want to mention that dang i never really thought about the fact that Kang and Kodos, who are so important to the Trios of Horrors and the Simpsons in general, they had a third person. They had Sarah the Preparer, mm-hmm. who is... They had a fourth one, too. 
at least I can think of, never mentioned again. <laughs> yeah, no, because, yeah, they're only in Treehouse Horror episodes. Well, I think they're in the Simpsons movie, too. But otherwise, they're they're only in Treehouse Horror episodes, and they're pretty much in every single one, I think. Yeah, well, I think that the role of Kang and Kodos changed, because it started off, they were an integral part of, like, the action, but it sort of moved into this space where Kang and Kodos were not doing anything, but instead they were commenting mm-hmm. on things that were happening. Yeah. And it almost in a Statler and Waldorf kind of way, <laughs> yeah. like they're the, the elderly men in the box just being like, oh, those funny Simpsons. <laughs> that could never you know? happen. And I think that that's really successful. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you know, there's there's the ones where they, they, just, they just come to Earth every once in a while and try to take it over. And, like, they have the in- Independence Day, like, parody and, you know, anything to do with aliens, as we mm-hmm. see a lot in horror. They're, they're just, like, the aliens that are shoehorned in. And they're it's just hilarious because of, like, what they are. They're, like, very... The, the, like, quintessential image of the green alien and with the tentacles. And it's just, like... <laughs> But but they're also like not that formidable. Yeah. Yeah. It's they're funny. Yeah. They're they're. I mean, as you would expect from The Simpsons. But also, I mean, like just little things too, like the tractor beam pulling all The Simpsons up, and then they like set a second tractor beam to pull Homer up. Just like the the lack of subtlety throughout, and and somewhat in the Twilight Zone, you know, episode as well. That's based off of it's like. There's not a whole lot of subtlety in, like, offhanded comments of, oh, we're going to have you for dinner. And it's like, <laughs> obviously, they're going to mm-hmm. eat them. They're preparing them for eating. But also, it's it's just great how it ends up not being that way. And then there's the foreshadowing of, I'm pretty sure this is in the To Serve Man episode, too, where there's, like, that, that quote-unquote shot of Marge and Homer, and it looks like it's angled to like have their heads on the plates instead like it doesn't show any of the rest of their body it's like their heads are like yeah. on the plates on the table and they, they just do stuff like that all the time that's just so great if you've seen the original piece of media that they're basing it off of because it's like oh you know they, they do the thing <laughs> and it's it's just so good but yeah that's it's that's a second it one. is a cultural staple i think yeah i think the the to serve man or hungry or the damned I guess is what they called it. I think that was my favorite one of the three. Because I mean, I agree. The Raven was like it was just the Raven. You know, it was just Lisa reading mm-hmm. the Raven. And it's like it's fine, and I like how the Raven was actually Bart because you know Bart's the one who's always pissing Homer off and antagonizing right, Homer. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> and also like Bart's interjections. You know what would have been scarier than nothing? Like when he answers the door, what something? <laughs> and <Yeah>. it's <laughs> and. This is like the humor in this time with The Simpsons was so different and it's almost like cheesier and lower brow than what we get years later. Yeah. But it's still it's still so good. Like just Yeah. It doesn't take much thought, but it's still it's just like I don't know. It's hard to describe why it's so good. It just is. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this special episode of Watch No Evil. If you liked it, you could have listened to it a whole month earlier if you subscribe to our Patreon. That's Watch No Evil uh, at Patreon. So subscribe to that, and you can get all sorts of interesting and fun content that we offer exclusively there, as well as access to earlier episodes and special episodes of Watch no evil. Thank you very much. This is Matt. And this is Zach. And remember, if you can't serve man, join him. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>